to an all-new episode of the bj robbins project i'm bj obviously i named the podcast after myself because that's what you do in 2020 i am uh, joined by my good friend my pal mr josh berry what's up bj hello thanks for having me again i always enter i always uh, enjoy talking to you because it's 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 somewhat of a um what's the phrase uh i take a lot of pressure off you i can do a lot of talking yeah critical thinking like and oh, I, yeah. I don't have to worry about like bring some up you like i don't know bro <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, uh, I can bullshit with the best of them, even if it's something I don't know a whole lot of. Well, that's what because where we're from, you yeah. have to be a chameleon. Yeah, that's true. So the first thing I have here, just because it's 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 in front of me, so it's called Smartpock. It's yeah. a 2020 Hyundai Sonata. When you think of uh, technology, you don't think of a Hyundai Sonata, right? No, not when it comes to cars. You'll uh, we're gonna play this. This is actually an ad. I know it sounds okay. weird. Well, for, first, yep. uh, I can't, I can't, like, look at the asshole. Like, why would you park like that? Is that what this technology yes. is going to fix? Yes. Okay. All it's right. It's going to fix your I asshole. I really like it. Look at that guy. What a dick. Oh, look at this guy. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car. Is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty pants, all right? Look who's got smart pack. Smart pack? Just hit the clicker, car packs itself. What's it's smart. <laughs> it's wicked smart. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. That Sonata ain't got no driver. That's all right, he's got Smart Pack. Hey, you can pack there. He's got Smart Pack! Hey, whoa, whoa, it's Big Pop. Wicked Smart. This is a ghost car. Then they spent some a money way to park. Yep. Only available. To All invent a car that's going to cost smart like this. Sorry about that, your bigness. Did you guys know he lived there? Like, imagine no backing idea. that car out in the traffic like that. Like, it's just an asshole. It's like, yeah, I'm not in a car <laughs> and just pack it out right in the middle of fucking traffic. <laughs> or get shitty and then park it in between two spots. So you're at Walmart and you park it in between the two. Yeah. And be like, I got some mop pack. Yeah, it's my pack. You're still a dick. Yeah, I. Uh, what was with the Boston, the Bastin? I don't know. What are the Ba? Fuck a Boston. This, I didn't get that. The, but yeah, they spent some spent some good money, man. There's some big money people in that. Um, RB has a Hyundai. My brother-in-law has a Hyundai, and uh, I drove RBs. It's a very nice car. But when I saw this, and it was just like the way he clicked it behind his back, like oh, I got some Mopak. Like he didn't look at it. Like yeah. that makes what makes me nervous. Because oh, we are, we already had people in Teslas falling asleep on the on the interstate. Oh, absolutely! No, that that technology, like I'm glad that technology because it's got to get it's got to get created sooner or later. But it's something that's going to take a long time to. I mean, there's going to be people getting fucked up from it. See, when you go back and look at um, Back to the Future, when they go to the future, like you notice there's very few shitty cars, right? Like, oh, everybody's gonna have a nice car. Even if we had flying cars, there's still probably. 45 percent 50 percent of the population like i can't afford that right 
Or I don't have the guts. I mean, there's still people who are scared to drive. Or have, a, or have a smartphone. Yeah, yeah. Still got the flip phones, which is coming back out. They're putting a new flip phone out. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Razer is pretty popular. Yeah. The Hawani Fold Phone, I saw um, kind of an ad for it, but it hasn't come out yet. Because what happened was, what happened was, I, hate, I always do that, but when you open it up, there's a protective film over it. So the protective film kept coming off. And then it was exposing the screen and screens were getting broke. So they had to send it back to, because I looked at it, I was like, man, that thing is awesome. Because it was like $1,800 for that phone. What? Yeah. And it folds Jesus. out to almost like, it folds out to almost like a mini iPad. Really? Yeah. You ever seen one of those? I Is that the one that was supposed to be, you could bend it and like fold it and it wasn't supposed to break or whatever? Well, this one is, um, it, if you have it like this, it looks like a regular iPhone, a regular, I'm sorry, regular smartphone. And then you open it and then the screen continues the same screen. Oh, okay. That's it, not the it's, one. Uh, it's made by Hawaii. I don't know how you say it. It's H-U. Because technology is something that, I don't know, something about today, I was just looking at all the technology, and I was like, what? Um, Because I was like, what is with all this technology? There it is right here. Hawaii. Who? Okay. Now Hawaii. Hawaii? Yeah, Hawaii is. Um, <clears throat> they're also, they're a Chinese-based company, I believe, uh, but the because whoever controls 5G controls the world basically that's another aspect right so 5G it, basically that's why one thing about Trump was he blocked certain things uh, in a positive way so we wouldn't be able to get we be able to get our 5G up and rolling before China was able to have it perfected then everybody would go with China because they have five the 5G protect project uh, per, uh, perfected and is that but is that the company that he ended up endorsing and putting a bunch of money towards that that i don't know honestly like one of his first big uh overseas deals that he did when he first got in office there was like a company that was going under or whatever in china and then he dumped a bunch of money that into might him. have been them actually make sure there's not an ad coming up here oh you get look at the ad that just popped back up <laughs> it's the spy pack so i want to show you this phone and show you how so it's a regular phone Oh, okay. So first of all, you see that this May X it is a 6.6 .6 inch very normal phone, very sleek and thin. So it's brick phone already, no notch. But at the same time, twenty six hundred dollars. It becomes a six, eight inch. You know, just like a very cool. I cannot say it's tablet, but something between tablet and phone. Uh, well, why don't you just buy a tablet and a phone for about eight hundred? It's just five five hundred for me. You know, like another is. I just, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's really cool. It's just I don't need it. Like that's something I don't need. You know, like I just don't need that kind of technology. <laughs> but it's fucking sweet. I like how when it uh, the 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 screen transcends over the edge of the phone too. When he goes and folds it back, you can see the the screen, the color of the screen, everything actually bending, and then it goes right back into the phone that's pretty cool yeah that's um because once because everything always got big in this country right for a right. while like bigger buildings and bigger cars bigger houses and then everybody's like no we want everything small again mm -hmm. it just goes in waves i mean i um no, it's just it's i mean it, it's capitalism so you got to continue to feed consumers and so um the people who make money off consumers have to make certain things cool or important for them to be important, you know? So, well, we, we make phones, so I can't, we can't keep selling the same one, which the thing is they could, 
Like Apple could continue to put the exact same phone out. Say it's new every year. They're bringing and out, people are still going to wait two hours in line for day one. They're bringing out the new SE okay. again. You remember those C's that were? Or, yeah. Sorry, they were SEs like three ninety nine yeah. or two ninety nine. They're bringing those back out now. Yeah. So you're flooding the market with the twelve that <clears throat> twelve specs are out, and then now the uh, they're going to try to get one because Apple's office is a status symbol. Because someone someone's like, hey, well, I have a. I have a Galaxy Note 10. You're like, I don't what? Right. Even though it's a very Samsung makes a lot for Apple, I get it, but it's still Apple's more known as a status symbol than Samsung is. Well, and too, they have um, once your stock gets to a certain point, like you really have to keep feeding that stock, and that's all that matters. And for them, how you feed your stock is quarterly putting something new out. Because sooner or later, everybody's got your phone. Yep. And you're going to get some repairs here, you know, but you're not bringing any any money. So you don't have your investors aren't really um, uh, feeling safe with your with your numbers. So you have to put something else out. Yeah, stockholders are. Uh, they drive everything. Oh, yeah, they're great. And, and that's like as soon as as soon as a company goes public or whatever, that's something you can expect. You don't re- I mean, quality of things are going to go down. Um, and it's just all based off of stockholders. Yeah, Apple's uh, three three hundred seventeen dollars and sixty nine cents up eight point seven four. So that's just a one day. Yeah. Um. Well, quarter two they uh, they they beat their their revenue by one point oh eight. Um, quarter three point six eight. Quarter four one point five three. Um, I don't know what EPS is. Expected. But anyways, they beat that by like 4%, 3%, 6.5 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the fourth quarter is the big one. That's Christmas time. Yeah, since September 2009, their net income was actually down. Net profit margin was down, but their diluted was up and their revenue was up. So, I mean, because I I mean, the problem with Samsung, though, is not the problem is Samsung's everywhere. So Samsung, like Apple's very selective, like Apple TV was very selective and but then you can get a Samsung TV now for one ninety nine, a thirty two inch, uh, seven twenty mm-hmm. smart TV. You know, it's no longer elusive anymore. Like, oh, Samsung products and right. Samsung has uh, their their washer and dryers, their refrigerators, their stoves. They're amazing. We used to sell them where I worked, and they were they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot. We've had a. I think our washer and dryer now at home is a Samsung, and then um, I just we just got we just we just got a new TV that got off the samsung train and we're on vizio found a vizio i really liked oh did you yeah it, vizio because video vizio when it first started most people don't know this they started out was they got they got they made their tvs from parts from other places right so it wasn't all vizio then they started making their own um um hardware i can't even think of it board um, they started making their own boards for their TVs, and now then that's when they started going up a lot more. Because what happened with the Vizios happened with the Pro Scan. <laughs> Pro Scan is there's a on the on the motherboard. That's what it's on the motherboard. It would come off and have to be resoldered. That's all it was. But it destroyed like so much Vizio, like their business so bad. Oh, yeah. So because we had Pro Scan, and I was like, what the hell is a Pro Scan? And then I realized that that they made they got a lot of TVs. People get parts from other places, wholesalers, and they put their TVs together. Yeah. Yeah, we just uh, we had uh, like I said the the Samsung and it was an older one, so I guess the after three years or whatever they don't really 
keep up with their TV like apps and stuff. Um, so oh yeah. So none of our our apps started getting really slow. Like my kids, like like I said, we don't have cable or anything. So um, with the YouTube and Netflix stuff like that, it just started to run real slow. So it was finally just got to the point. I was like, oh, let's go to Best Buy and see what they got. And yeah, we found a, a 65 inch Vizio and then got like brand new uh, surround sound stuff and. You know, and it was, I mean, it's nice stuff, but it, it was, it was much, I mean, we got in much cheaper and I thought it was like 1400 bucks. So yeah, they were um, selling 65 inch smart TVs at Walmart for four ninety nine for Christmas. Yeah. That's the thing I bought years ago. I bought one uh, from Walmart like years and years, like, like 2002, 2003. And that thing broke in like a month and like, it was cheap. I was like, oh shit. Okay. You know? And then like, I had it for like a month and that was before like the true flat screen stuff. Like there was still like, um, I don't even think DLP was out yet. Like I forget what it was, but it, it was a flat screen, but still had the big back belly and like had high, a little higher color and stuff to it. Um, and, who's the main by? Uh, I can't remember the name. So Phillips was one of the first people that it was the, it, a lot of it was DLP, right? That's yeah. what DLP was one of the first ones. I have a, I still have a DLP. Oh, do you? I have a 73 inch Mitsubishi TV. I got for free. So where I used to work at, this guy, uh, a Marine veteran, um, and he's like, hey, my TV's not working. I said, oh, you got a mitts. And he's like, yeah, I want a new one. I was like, hey, I can fix that for you. I was like, I'll fix it. We can get a bulb. I won't charge you. You paid us so much money. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Give me a new one. I was like, well, what are you going to do with your old one? He's like, I'll just throw it away. He's like, I was like, all right. I was like, can I bring it back here? And he's like, no, dude, you can have it. You gave me done so well for me. And I just replaced the ball bin, and now it's in my house, 73-inch DLP. Yeah. At night, it's great. During the day, it is awful. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we used to buy, I used to buy nothing but Phillips. Yeah. Because Phillips had one of the best pictures, and they usually used to real, use like real glass in it. Mm-hmm. And now, um, I don't even know what we have. My well, I had three, two LG plasmas. My last one finally went out after uh, nine years. Oh wow! I love that thing. Yeah, I, I love. I still got. Um, we got, we bought one of the first three D televisions uh, years ago when we were living in Chicago, and uh, I still have it. That thing, that three D technology died. Yeah, and that um, and when we bought it, we didn't even know it was a three D television. I just saw the TV. I was like, "Ooh, I like that," and so uh, we bought it, and then got home and open the box up and found the glasses i was like what the fuck are these and then yep. it was like oh shit we bought a 3d tv so then i'm like all right cool so like i'm trying to mess with it and there's only it had like its own channels but it's like of course underwater like stuff that was set up to for them to display it in the in the yep. store and so i'd sit there you know smoke a joint or whatever sit there and put 3d glasses on and just stare at this like half-ass 3d television you know <laughs> that uh 73 is a 3d tv is it yeah and those glasses were like 150 dollars a piece oh really and they were ran by like um two watch batteries really and then um this was like right when avatar this is 2009 right when avatar came out yeah you could get a 3d avatar movie um and then you could watch it on those tvs in 3d because those 73 inch tvs in 2009 we were selling them for 8.99 yeah which is pretty good yeah and we would sell like the 73 inch tvs we would probably sell i don't know 30 a week it was unreal yeah because eight because a 73 inch led or lcd was like i don't know 1800 dollars at that time right it's just tv prices go down and i think ap has a 65 inch sharp it took us forever to put it together because we couldn't find the legs right 
because he threw him away in the styrofoam. <laughs> I don't watch a lot. I, I mean, I don't watch a lot of TV. We don't have cable either. We have Hulu, Netflix. Uh, we have Disney, which I haven't watched a whole lot of Disney at all. Yeah, we haven't got it yet. I mean, I just, um, I, I, my kids, my kids are Netflix and YouTube, and then I, I watch Netflix. Um, and then with sports, I watch, I use Sports Surge, and I can watch all sports through What's that. What's Sports Surge? Um, it's sports. If uh, anybody from Sports Surge uh, hears me talking about you. Uh, you can get a hold of me on social media, and I'll give you my address. You can send me a check. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's uh, sportssurge.net, and this is how I watch uh, MMA. I can watch. I mean, the only thing that, that the only thing that's not good that it's not good for is college basketball. It's the only thing they don't touch. But basically, what it is is that it is a. Um, I don't know the proper tech term, but it, it's a spot where it takes all the all the illegal streams from all over the internet and puts them in one place. So you got crack streams, daddy streams, all these illegal popular streams, and it just puts them there in this like home base kind of situation. Oh wow! So you can click on a game, and now it gives you every single one of those sh- different streams, and you can go through and find the one you want to do. Crack streams to me is the best. Like it's the one that always works really well. They hardly ever get shut down. And um, they do a really good job at – so one of the tricks is when you pick the stream and then you hit play to play the game, it's going to immediately send you to a different screen. And that's to get the bots and all that out of the way. And so all you do is just close that screen out and then hit play again and it plays up. But, See, that's what throws most people off when they click play and it goes to that weird screen. Yeah, They're like, oh, it's a bad yeah, one. Yeah, it go to Bovado or something like, oh, this yeah. isn't it. So basically on my phone, you just go to your to – your, different screen button brings all of them up you just cancel that one out go back to that one hit play and um yeah um, and it works great now that doesn't have like if you're in the horse racing like me um tvg's the best by that so you don't you don't get that either you don't get any card at like horse racing through it um there isn't any like i used to use um crap i can't remember the name of it years ago but like i could watch cricket you know, like rugby rules and all these different sports. I, I didn't even know what was going on. I was like, fuck it, I'm not doing anything. I'll sit here for five or ten I've, minutes. I figured out cricket, though. Cricket, cricket, I knew well, a little bit about. When I was on the cruise, um, that's all you got was Caribbean ESPN. Yeah. So I was watching it nonstop. And and, and thing is, after you, after you watch it for a little bit and you start to pick up on things, that's a really tough sport. Like, get, like it's level like baseball of difficulty. You, you get know? 30 swings, and then you got to make up so many points in those 30 swings. Right. And then, and then, like, uh, if it hits the wall, it's four points. If it rolls to the touches, it's four right. points. And then I was watching that. And then, um, and then hitting them backwards. You're just trying to hit it wherever they're at. You're trying right. to hit the wall. The main thing is hit the wall no matter what. Right. And, and you're just trying to make contact no matter what, too. So, yeah. And it's one of those sports, too. Like, you don't know what's going on, but when you watch it, you're like, that guy's way better than everyone else. <laughs> like, like, like their top tier players are way better than every. Like, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, yeah, that that guy knows what he's doing. You yeah. know, like he's much better than everyone else. Oh yeah, you're just waiting for him to hit it out, and, right? And you're not supposed. You don't. Yeah. That's not what you're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, man. And you watch. I watched one. It was the finals. This dude got hit in the nuts four times, and he's just laying on the ground. And I was just like, ah, because weird is you hit and then you switch places. You hit and you switch places. Right. And, 
And then the only thing I didn't understand was is 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 when you break the wood, right? Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, the only thing I didn't understand because they, you know, I was, of course, me on vacation was like, hey, let's let's fall deep dive, and I couldn't pull it up on my phone to like go through the rules. And I was getting shitty. I'm like, I guess I have to do this the old way and actually watch and learn. Right. It's kind of like someone learning English off a, of, uh, you know, Spanish or Spanish speaker learning English off I Love Lucy. Right. <laughs> And so, um, what, how did you, do you watch Netflix at all though? Netflix I do. Did you watch the, um, I know you're a hip hop fan like I am. Did you watch the evolution of hip hop on there? Uh, no, that's in my, uh, it's good. My set. I haven't it's seen good. it yet. Though. Is that the, the Dr. Dre or ice? The No, it's where the guy goes through and interviews. Like, like he has an interview with Q-Tip. He has an interview with all those guys. Like, so he'll go through certain parts. Like he'll go through when the South happened. He'll go through when like, um, uh wow! I just watched this one. Uh, Teddy Riley moved to Virginia Beach, and then that's where he met the Neptunes, and Neptunes actually helped him write Rump Shaker, the beat oh, okay, to it. Yeah. I was like the Neptunes. I was like that was like ninety two, ninety three. Yeah. I guess they've been around that's that. Pharrell, long. right? Yeah, Pharrell, Pharrell. Yeah, and then and <clears throat> so it goes through that and it gives the background on a lot of stuff. And then it, the, my my favorite one is when they went through the native tongue. They went through uh, tribal quest. They went through Jungle Brothers. They went through the Roots. They went through all those guys. And um, and most people don't know Buster Rhymes was part of leader of the New School. Mm-hmm. They when they were not a part of the native tongue family, but when he did What's the Scenario remix, that was when his breakout was because that's when um, so because. The, those guys that's part of my favorite groups right there's tribeco quest yeah they lost soul um jungle brothers um and it goes through a lot of that and it gives like a history lesson on a lot of it um, the host is kind of annoying because he always wears denim mm-hmm. just, right. i don't know why it bothers me he's probably doing it on purpose yeah like he's yeah cause, uh, <laughs> hipsters but and it's just amazing how and he goes through the south and he goes through like um how the uh, outcast got started mm-hmm. and then the, you know how in the basement and you know yeah, they're the, they're the, they're probably one of the most interesting uh their beginning story of everything yes. um, because because their own city hated them like when it came to music and stuff you ever see where they when they won the award like their their acceptance speech when they basically told everybody to go fuck themselves you know like they just weren't liked but um they were one of the first ones that i started noticing all the different um the different kind of lingo that we had in our country, you know? Cause I mean, growing up with like Pac and all those guys, like we just had this street talk and we're like, oh, that, especially from where you and I came from, it's like, I don't know what this dude's saying, but it sounds really cool. That must be that gangster shit. Yeah. And then you had um, the South coming in and just like mixing this Creole kind of sound and like having literally their own um english language and so that's when i really started picking and then you had clowns that came around and wanted to start making their own and it, it was dumb after you know like Birdman making calls and stuff like that you know and um, i know i i was on another podcast um where i was like i didn't like master p and they're like well, like make them say uh and i was like Dude, i was like this is garbage and i was like i i respect the business aspect because like i just didn't like his music you know those guys made i mean they um, same with like juvenile stuff. Like I, I owned their, their CDs, you know, but like, um, <coughs> but that was at a time where you, I could go in and you could buy singles. I wasn't going to buy one of their 19 song CDs when, you yeah, know, cause like, we went to Karma, you can buy the singles. And yeah. then there was also a place at the end of Jackson park that opened up on for a little Q. Bit. 
Was it on cue? Yeah. I couldn't remember the name yeah, of it. On cue. As soon as you walked in, it was right there to the left. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because and, and I was li- and I would listen and I, I and there and AP's like, well, whatever makes the girls um, dance. I was like, I get it, but I wouldn't play it in my car. Yeah, and or like if I'm like if I was like studying or just like chilling, like it was um, it was always like Outcast or Tribe or Wu Tang or, but if we were like throwing like a party and I'm you know. 16 years old trying to hook up with somebody put all the you know let's make them say uh and let's back that well, ass I would, up and I would, let's do all those i would things. find the douchey kid and be like hey well, you can bring your stuff in now <laughs> i can yeah. play it oh, you go ahead and play yeah, it. Go ahead, but i had friends that like i think we become music snobs where we just listen to like so much east coast that we didn't listen to i mean obviously everybody had tupac and snoop came out which was huge and um but like a lot of us were listening to like Souls of Mischief, Far Side, um, Group Home, you know, Gangstar, Gangstar. and places like that. And then anything that was produced by Premier was like, oh, Premier. And then you had like Keith Murray, and then you had Redman, and then you had, and then like you play for somebody else, and like it was so lyrical. And they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't. No. Well, it was all about lyrics, not the beat. You know, yeah. that's where a lot of, um, a lot of that stuff that's where i always say was the difference between rap and hip-hop you know yeah. rap, rap was something that focused on that beat you know and they would just say some words that were catchy and come up with a cadence and stuff um hip-hop was guys who um, were poets and were um you know and, and thing is is that's another big deal you you go back and you look at a lot of those like true hip-hop stars a lot of them loved like metal music and um they liked like poetry and they're very highly educated and like you know or or book or bookworms, you know. Yeah. I mean, you look at well like, read. Yeah, you look at like Wu Tang. All those guys are highly intelligent. I mean, every single one of them is above average IQ. You know, like they're yeah. all really brilliant. I mean, uh, 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 RZA gets paid to go talk about um, the cosmos. Like people pay him, schools pay him to come in and talk. And he actually created um, a um, like high school like kind of club um, or like program to where kids would learn about um, space and um, uh, astrophysics and stuff like that. and But they would do it, and then they would learn it all and then put everything they learned into, like, a poem. And then they would go and recite the poem, and then he would, like, reward them with, like, certain rewards and stuff from that. But these kids were um, kids who really found poetry to, to define themselves, but he was also teaching them something that they found interesting so he just mixed it all together and like does this whole there's a really great youtube video where he like does the speech it's like a ted talk and he talks about uh for him how um how the cosmos and space and everything is just like music to him and the way he like studies it all and and uh he's supposedly one of the top tier like chess players too yeah you know so like um so going back and listening to their music and listening to what they have to say um, compared to like we were talking about like a juvenile or um, and even Little Wayne I mean early on Little Wayne was like that and I mean even like the last few years like that last album Little Wayne came out I think there's a couple songs I was like that's not too bad like he's I see I can see how people like really talk highly about him well, it's just not my thing there's an episode on here about mixtapes and how mm-hmm. it that was big how it saved his East Coast saved his career yeah. and 50 Cent killed it because his mixtapes were outselling cds where he didn't need to sign with him because they didn't want to sign him after he got shot and he's like all right so he was putting out all these cds and stuff like that and it, and it was pretty cool and then that's when everybody's like nope can't do that and that's when bootlegging or that's when like stream illegal streams start happening and stuff yep. like that so and now yeah. we have spotify 
Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys are making a killing off that. I don't use Spotify. Is that weird? I don't either. I, I, don't, I don't use any of those music things. Like, I, if, if, I, if I hear your song, this is how I do it. If I hear your song, I like it, then I go to YouTube. If I've listened to it at least 10 times on my YouTube, in my car or whatever, then I just give you $1.99. <laughs> like that that's that's my philosophy on how i buy your songs now so i spend 14.99 for four people on apple family we get all the music we want okay so i break it down that way because it'll act i end up spending less money than i would by the time i play like eminem's album new album came out and then there's a song on there that has um the black thought and q-tip oh, so nice. the 90s okay. 90s me went yeah. ah yeah and then it has a have you heard it uh, music get murdered by yeah i haven't heard any of it yet so um they use a uh bust a rhymes beat and the yah 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 one oh yeah and it's just and it has a uh, royce five nine black thought so check your neck or break your neck or? um yeah and I so uh, the name of the song but i um I, uh, I can't remember right but like it is god it's i couldn't really believe it because i was like the, the like the, the the high school me kid was still like oh my god and people just now find out like a q-tip and black thought i'm like then how do you not yeah because everybody talks about like certain genres like hey you know because everybody's always like talks about the beatles which makes me want to blow my brains out i know that sounds bad i know they're one of the greatest bands ever transcending i get it but there wasn't a lot of bands during that time look at the saturation of music now compared to back then right so I, I know they were the forefathers and respected, but like if they had as many people now back then, they probably wouldn't have been where they're at. And they're like, well, that's counterproductive what you're saying, but I get it. But just quit shoving Beatles down my throat. Just stop. <laughs> well, it Beatles are one of those, um, it's one of those bands that um, people grew up with and watched grow up. So like basically the Beatles are a lot like Kobe Bryant is in this situation. Yep. So the Beatles were, fame have been in the limelight and famous longer than they weren't and that's the thing with kobe that's why the death of kobe and everything has affected so many people and it's just because you know like uh, people felt they sat and watched him grow up and they have this they grew up with him and that's kind of the same thing with um with the beatles but we also see that with uh, movies too there's a lot of movies that um nostalgia really goes a, a long way and I mean, you go, you look back and a lot of these old movies that we loved as kids, you watch now and you're like, that's not that great of a movie, you know, but like the nostalgia still gets Varsity you. Varsity Blues. Uh, for me, it's like the Goonies, you know, like I, uh, I still like it. I'll still sit through it, but it's like looking back, I'm like, man, that just really wasn't that great. <laughs> like, but as a kid, it was because it's a big adventure that these yeah. other kids are on, you know, so, but the nostalgia of it, you know keeps it around but like if that movie were to come out today i would never have seen it i would never have seen it you know well and then i think that's how people look at um a lot of things oh star wars that's a great example how people look at star wars these new movies are trash and you're like uh I, and someone's like did you like the the last star wars and then i'll play this for you and i'm like yeah i went at it looked out like i was a nine-year-old kid again eight-year-old kid I went like, oh, this is my childhood. Right. Instead of like, well, I'm a critic and I'm going to tear everything apart. Yeah. Well, that's the thing I think we're coming to as a society. We forgot to just have fun. We take everything. Every, like People forgot that like this shit's fake. <laughs> you know, like, you know it's, it's the original story baseline based off of, Rome, of uh, like Romeo and Juliet in a way. You know, like it's just um, 
I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not the biggest Star Star Wars fan. Like I haven't really seen. I've seen parts of like the newer ones, but like I, um, I haven't seen them yet. And like that probably all change once my kids get a little older. Um, because I, I mean, they're they're already into a lot. My son's a huge into like all the Marvel stuff. So I know, and I'm, and here I'll play this real fast because this this might bring you back to your childhood a little, our childhood. I always act like I'm older people because you look better than I do. There's your compliment for the day, Josh. No, thanks, man. I'll take it. No, I had no Ah, Draft Kings, I caught you. That's I don't. Not, that's another thing. That's crazy. He said, um, uh, Q-Tip, he's like, my era was so original. And I, and I didn't catch that until I watched a reaction video. But, yeah, that's Black Thought Q-Tip. Dewan is from D12. Yeah. He, thought, yeah. Is that, that's the big guy, right? Yeah, that's the one that he's his hype man now that Proof died. Yeah. And then Royce 59 And, like, I, I heard that beat. And I'm just like, that's a, like, I like it. just It's a great beat. And then you put these artists on there. Because back to the thing I was talking about on Netflix they said Q, Q, Q-Tip would come in and like they would have something, uh, I think it was Consequence, would have something done, ready to go, and Q-Tip, like, screw it, delete it all. He's like, what? Delete all this. We're starting over. Yeah. And he was that insane in the studio, but that perfection drove them. Well, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, he... Uh, Q-Tip, uh, lyrically-wise, he's one of the better ones out of that. Out of our era too, when it just came lyrically, because he could write a dance song, you know, or he could write um, something that, like him ranting, basically, yeah, you know, and that had something behind his words. So. Like Miranda, Midnight Marauders is obviously, you know, Scenario Remix is still one of my all-time favorite songs. Yeah, I mean those guys just go crazy on it, and the video is great, and then how they mix in jazz. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, 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 as a kid growing up Seymour was like we didn't listen to jazz yeah and then I heard it and I was like wow like jazz is pretty cool yeah yeah I think uh, I don't know much about the Royce uh, Royce the 5'9 but I think he's the one who got um, Joyner and Logic back together without like ended their feud helped them end their feud yeah and then they put that song um, Isis out which was a pretty good song so yeah Royce is from Detroit him and Eminem were close friends and then they had a beef real bad beef together and then um, he came and then he got back and then that's he they started good versus evil and then they started slaughterhouse which was joe budden cricket eye joel ortiz and uh royce they're fucking killers but they did not they didn't release a second album or whatever but they have a song um we played once called um 
it was filmed in uh, Austin, Texas, when they have the South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. They they show like the uh, thing like that, and it's they have some um, some of their beats were done by Swiss Beats, and um, but uh, it was just four lyricists. It was just like I was like eight years late to the party, and then I was watching about Eminem and the beef with Joe Budden. I'm like, what the fuck? What's the problem here? So I go and and look at um. So I go through and look at um, uh, Slaughterhouse and I listen to it. I was like, holy shit. Like, these guys, wow, these guys are all like killer MCs together. It's a super group. And then, of course, they didn't work out. So, but on the song, they have three of the four members with um, three of the four members with um, even them on the songs. It's just, like I said, Slaughterhouse was great. So it's hard to find new music. Because I, I came up with a quote the other day, like life is like a book. You'll go back and and visit old chapters, but some chapters you'll never go back and open. Right. So mm-hmm. that's a quote I've been working on, and and I was thinking about that, like music, like some music you never go back to. Yeah. Some you're always going in there, you'll open it up, but I try to go back to some older music and try to appreciate it more, and I'm like, I just can't. Yeah. It's like the movies. I just can't appreciate. I, I can appreciate for what it's worth, but I'm like, I just don't dig it. Right. Yeah. It's just it it. It still means something to you. It's just not the same meaning. Yeah, and he has a song with Juice World in here who passed away because the FBI was going to get on this private plane. He ate a bunch of perks. Yeah, and yeah. And the song, and then it's crazy. Percocets. I don't even know people today's world are still doing Percocets. You know? There's all kinds of new drugs doing Percocets. Percocets is, is so yeah. Vicodin. Perks is kind of in the middle. Yeah, and then you go to the oxys. It's like most people like perks. They cost to pay you way too much. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just do oxy, man. If you're gonna do it, just <laughs> fucking do it. Oxy just, oxy just makes me stare at people and just like what and like it make my brain like. <laughs> I'm talking about just legal amounts. I'm not talking about taking more you're supposed to. Right. They, they give me oxy's after a surgery and they make my brain feel like it's gonna bleed to death. Right. I I've never been a big uh, a big pill guy. I just can't do them. It's just I I've I've taken them and mixed them and had bad experiences like and then you know and then no people who've died from them so i have a slow metabolism so it stays with me way longer than you wanted to yeah so that's why i never became a real big drug addict yeah <laughs> it was, the high was that bad high would stay stay around stay around to, for way too long so i uh but no i always like talking music and stuff with you and then technology and stuff and we were <laughs> We were talking about TikTok, and I haven't been able to talk about this with anybody. Yeah, I I, I know of TikTok. <coughs> I just don't do TikTok. It's um, one of the apps not owned by Facebook. No, it's owned by Gary V, isn't it? No, I thought Gary. Oh, Gary V's Snapchat. Is he Snapchat? I think he's got ownership because he really pushes TikTok. That's why I thought he has some. I'm I'm sure he owns some shares. Of this well, shit. he owns <laughs> shares about any social. Here's media Gary V, right? So Gary V said. He's like, TikTok is the new what Instagram was five years ago. Right. Right. And you know how I know he's right? Because when I first started TikTok, there was no ads. And guess what? There's ads now. Oh, yeah. And there's oh, ads. They got to make money sooner. They, they, they went public, didn't they? Uh, that I didn't look. But they basically now have. So, like, I put a video out on, um, uh, let's see here, YouTube or twitter or whatever a funny video not that much but i put one on here there's like three thousand. like it i was like wow 
So it's getting to people, but their algorithm, I think, is one of the best algorithms. Yeah. Because when they were saying they were doing this takeover, whatever it's called, hashtag Indiana, and all these Indiana people were showing up on just my feed. Mm-hmm. And their algorithm is just ungodly. Yeah. I think this is one of the apps that the United States doesn't like because of how kind of open and accessible it is, especially to other countries. So, but these videos. Here, here's what a lot of these videos are right here. Ponteme de pala. She's one of the top ones. Ponteme de pala. Hey man, can I use your bathroom? Oh, sorry, it's for employees only. What do you want me to do then? Pee on your floor? Yeah. Hey man, can I use your bathroom? That's it's Vine. Yeah, yeah. That's looks what it looks like to me. But it's Vine with more exposure, and so and but all these, a lot of these are. um, I was trying to find one, um, of where because I had some comedian buddies that were on here. It's like cool. I'll sign up and support their shit or whatever. And then I text him. I was like, dude, what's with all these thirteen-year-old girls? Yeah. And there is a lot of. I, I didn't think they showed on their main page, but so that girl at the top, I think her name is Charlie or something. She's one of the best. Me and my boys were going through and looking at it, but you know how TikTok or vines. Why does that look like my kid? That does look like your son. All right. That's not my bathroom. Good. Say, <laughs> so, damn, he had like 3 million too. Oh, they try this stuff. I was talking about this on another podcast. You know what teenage kids now say when they're upset? Like, well, he was playing Call of Duty the other day. Luke was. He was like, someone killed him. He was like, oh, man, that's AIDS. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, did you, did you say AIDS? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, why? He's like, that kid did something stupid. I was like, what does AIDS have to do with something, something stupid? He's like, well, that's just what we say. I love that. I was like, I was like, next thing you know, you're gonna start using racial slurs. Yeah. Well, that's just you know, it's just what they say. Yeah, <laughs> it's what they say. But they say hey, I was. I heard him say, "Well, that's gay." The other day, and I was like, Dude, "I was like, don't say that." I was like, "Come on, it's 2020." Yeah. You can think of something better, and then I come back a week later. That's AIDS. Well, that that's like with my kids, man. Like my son the other day, um, struggling with his shoe, and he just goes, "Fucking shoe." And I'm like, you know, my wife's like, oh, man, what's she like, what did he say? And I'm like, you know what he said. You know, so she goes up and she goes, Benny, what'd you say? And he goes real quietly, he goes, fucking shoe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like in our household, we tell him, you know, like, hey, like that can stay in our house. Like, don't be doing that out, you know, because my daughter, my daughter, when she was three, when she first started learning how to talk, she swore, she'd swear a lot like by herself. She'd yeah. Call, she'd call it, you know, I remember first time coming downstairs and I just hear her go, because we had our dog at that time she's like archer you fucking asshole and i'm like whoa and i walked down i was like what archer what did he do and he goes well he jumped up on the table and took my muffin i was like yeah that's a pretty jerk move so like we go and just like give her another word so like my whole thing with our kid and like now but she doesn't swear at all now you know so like um for me like we've always taught our kids that like they're just words words are words there are certain there are certain words that um will hurt people you know but like in our house or whatever you, if you get mad and stub your toe and want to yell shit or something, go ahead. I don't care, but you can't do that at school. Yeah, you know? we taught him the same thing, but um, we taught him about who you're around, too. Right. And I'm like, hey, if something happens, your mom's not here, I get it, but 
and it was like show some respect around your mom right well and there's like and that's what we say about grandma like grand both grandma's like you eh, don't do that around grandma oh my but, oldest luciano's like fucking kid yeah uh, and i'm like steph's like oh my god well luke what did i tell you right well, well mom don't hear me well we're, we always tell them too it's like you know there's there's so many words that you can use to describe what you're trying to use or what you're trying to say mm-hmm. so using so going out of your way to use a word around somebody that you know it's gonna like that it's gonna bother them like there's no reason to do that like there's just not like i get like i get the whole um the um <coughs> the social justice shit i get that yeah but like i don't get that you have so much time that you purposely go and try to hurt people hurt those kind of like yeah i like for me like I don't like Ari Shafir recently. Did you see what he did said about Kobe? Yes. Like that's what Ari Shafir does. Like anybody who dies, his friends die. He always does something negative. Like says something shitty. He goes against the grain because that's his humor, and so people just snapped about it. And I just saw it. I immediately laughed because it's like that's that's you're you're going for it now, you know. But I know that that's what you do. Um, for me, like nothing. I don't really get offended by anything. I let people say whatever they want or whatever. And that's the great thing about social media. You just keep scrolling. Just keep going. Well, and then if you let it bother you a lot of times, then they win. Right. Because they're not even trying to hurt your feelings a lot of times or bother you. They're just trying to get a reaction and win. Like, look, that dude's mad. Look what he put. Right. And so, like, but, like, and I get, like, that whole thing where, like, there are people that um, will see something on your page and then immediately start griping at you for saying it. I get like that's annoying, but what I don't get is like if you post something or whatever, and then somebody goes to your page and like uh, decides to like shit on what you're doing yeah. and like that kind of stuff, and then they go, they know exactly what pushes your buttons, so you're doing something that they don't really care about, but they just want to troll and be a dick to you. Like I don't get that. Like I hope one day I have that kind of time to where like I can just sit around and like shit on people's days, but like. Um, that's one of those things like I just don't get and it's all that social justice and all that starting to crisscross over to that kind of situation to where people are like oh I can't say anything well no you can but like some of the stuff you're saying is going to get going to get some negative feedback and that's what you actually deep down inside want that's why you're saying it yeah because the English language is massive yeah there are a million words for every thought and you're choosing the words you know are going to bother this person, you know? So that that's the kind of shit that I don't really like. But I also don't like somebody telling people, oh, going to a comedy club and heckling a comedian for what they say. Like, get out of the club. <laughs> like, you're not, you're like, this that's isn't like, your spot, you know? Yeah, we went through that with Smugcats a little bit. People like, I can't believe you said, or we had someone, I was like, why did you have that person on? I was like, who cares? Like, well, you should have said something to him. Like, that's his life. Like, yeah. if he believes in the heat, why, why do I have to... Like I'm not his parent, right? Like, I don't. I mean, imagine what Joe Rogan deals with, like all yeah. the message he gets every day, because he'll just bring anybody on and he'll let them say anything, you know. And so, yeah. and so, like, um, I could just imagine with a lot of that stuff. But yeah, that whole thing with society's, uh, it's pretty wild now. I just stay quiet. Like I don't. There's not a lot that I I like. I hit like on Facebook, and you know, it's like it's one of those things now too. With social media, I'm starting to get so worried about where its next step is because we're already starting to see like employers using it and things like that. And I'm not, I'm not worried about any employers, but, um, but you know, like if one day my life takes a turn and I decide I want to get into politics or things like that, like I just don't want 
to give out easy fuel. Like, oh, well, you liked this dark humor or whatever. It's like, yeah, my, I got dark humor, but it doesn't yeah. mean that I'm going to go in here and it's going to affect who I am in this situation. You know? Yeah, we, we <clears throat> and most of my social media is like, share, like, share. That's it. Just, I got a lot of people that cool things. Like, you know, when your stuff comes up, I share it, like it. And it's yeah. because it just comes from a genuine place, but it's like, it's, there's so much, <laughs> there's always like, oh, uh, there's so negativity. There's like, it is because a lot of times it's, they're miserable in their own life. They're like, wow, I wish I was doing something. So I'm going to hate on this. Yeah. You know, it's like saying like, oh, his beer is awful. Like, why is it awful? Like, I don't like it. Then, okay. Yeah. Like, do you have to go on a rampage and like, let, you know, try to ruin someone's business? Hey, I don't, I don't think you're funny. Okay. That's great. Neither is my wife. Yeah. <laughs> but we coexist for 20 years and All raise right. two kids. Yeah. And, that, and that's, and that's the problem is we, we want, we want to tear people down. And then just to be like, oh, did you hear what I said to him? And at times you have to tear people down, but it's usually you have to tear the bullies down. That's what I believe in. Mm-hmm. If someone is a bully and belittling somebody and nobody's standing up to him, that's when I get excited. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah. Really, dick? Yeah. There's And there's one thing you notice on, like, social media, too, or, uh, that always surprises me. Like, I just personally can't do it. But there's so many people who, who share so much personal stuff. And I don't know if they don't fully understand what like social media like actually is or what the internet is. Like it's forever. Like yeah. you're you're doing like and you mean like that video right here this girl's doing? Yeah, well that's TikTok as a whole. That's really what it is. Bunch of white girls dancing. synchronized dancing. Yeah, like I They were but, crip walking a few months ago. Oh really? White girls were crip walking. So I bet is it just a bunch of different challenges or whatever? Yeah. And then black people are making fun of for crip walking, you know, like is that cultural appropriation if they're crip walking now? Right. Like, yeah. And that, that someone argued with me the other day. I was like, You realize in I think I can't remember what it was it was like you realize if white people didn't buy music where most rappers would be at? Because I think it was seventy five percent of hip hop was bought by uh white people. And I was just, and I said to somebody, they're like, so? And I'm like, yeah, that's why it's, it's weird. It's like the, who could, it's weird is that white society consumes so much silliness. Cause if you go through and look at TikTok, you look at YouTube and you look at Twitter, a lot of stupid white people. Oh yeah. And it's just funny is, is we just don't care. And they just don't care what they look like. No. Well, I mean. We really, I mean, white people haven't ever really been openly judged <laughs> by being white, yeah. you know? So, like, there's never been an incident where you your life has, I mean, been complete shit because you were unlucky because yeah. you ended up being white or whatever, you know? Like, yeah, I saw it, that radio radio thing when they were all, like, engineers from Rolls-Holman dancing to folk music. Mm-hmm. I was just like, there's so much wrong in this room. <laughs> well, too, like, I mean, I... I like we we've dealt with that we um one of our beers is called soul man and it's a brown ale and we had um we had a white gentleman on um instagram who purchased our um who purchased the beer and like um then he decided to take a picture of it because the back of our cans we always have kind of a story that places where the where the the um the beer comes from or whatever but he started calling us uh, thinking that was calling a, a brown ale soul, uh, soul man um was a little bit racist or whatever and so 
we kept quiet. I mean, we didn't respond to him. We actually came together as a team and had a uh, response ready if that was to ever take off. But it was just him and six other white people who liked it and had some negative stuff to say to us, you know. So, um, but what they don't know is that um, if you know anything about our brand, our brand is um, driven um, by the hip hop and um, soul and the the black culture like we're not gonna lie about that like we all me and my partners we all love soul music and we love hip-hop and we grew up in an era of the best of the hip-hop absolutely you know so we did and that was such a drive for us and so like with our brand um it's kind of like what we go with so if you go in if you were to ever just pop if we're in the brewery and we're brewing or we're cleaning kegs or we're canning and you were just to walk in on the radio is going to be 90s hip-hop or 60s 70s uh r&b or soul and most of the time now we're, we're listening to a channel that's nothing but songs that old school hip-hop sampled but it's the actual real songs so um black culture is very big to us and it was very influential to all of us growing up and so um we understand that craft beer is something that um isn't necessarily welcoming to all to all races and um now we've started to see a change in that in festival and stuff. We're starting to see um, Hispanics and Mexicans and um, things like that are Hispanics and uh, well, Mexicans and then um, uh, more black people and Indian people and all these different races of people coming to festivals and starting to become part of the uh, craft beer culture. So for, for us at Hellman, like we want beer culture to be incredible but a beer culture can't be that until all cultures take part and all cultures have to be, have their own touch to it for it to be come what it can become. You know, craft beer needs um, more minorities and it needs more women. Women have stronger palates. So they, they can, I mean, more of the, uh, what are those people called who are like the wine people? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I can't think of it. Yeah, yeah, but most of the sommeliers, uh, sommelier, or something like that. Yeah, but most of them are women because they have stronger palates, and so. But we also know that women are um, have a lot more passion about things. So if you can get um, women with their passion, their palates, we can start. You know, start making beer. <laughs> you know, I want you to make beer because I want to taste your beer. I like beer. Yeah, And whether we're making it or whether someone else's is, I want great beer. And so um, there are some really great uh, women brewers in Chicago that have won awards that are like get, becoming top-notch brewers, which is great. Um, so with Soul Man for us, that is kind of that um, – it's that beer that's us opening our arms to the black culture. And we're saying, hey, we know there's not a lot here uh, that you guys can um, relate to. And it's not a culture that's very welcoming to you, but – Here's us trying. We want you to be a part of this. And um, so, I mean, we've done a lot with, uh, there's a group called uh, Black and Brew. And there's a lady who, um, it's basically a group of minorities, a small club, and they travel around to different breweries. And this lady's helping um, introduce beer culture and stuff to minorities. And so she's now, she started one, I think, in Detroit now. And she comes to our brewery a lot, and she's part of our family. You know, we actually are starting to do a beer for her and her crew, you know, that we'll put out and sell for. Um, and so so we've dealt with that whole thing of, <laughs> of 
of the whole race card, but it was played by a white person. Shocker. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was my whole thing. Why, like, we had one of our partners was a little worried about it, and of course, I come out and I'm like, "Listen, fuck the white knight. That's all he is. Like, he's to me, he's being shittier than anything we've ever could have done, because he's saying black people need him. They need the white guy to tell them." that this is not right. This is racist to you. You should be offended by this. I think we've, but I'm going to guide you through this. I'm white. You can listen to me. Yeah. You know? That worked and it's out shitty. Well. That worked out well a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, the, come with us. It's a great place. Yeah. Where are we going? Oh, it's good. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, for us, like, the black community in Chicago is a very strong community. And they don't need us. What they need us to do is just stay the fuck out of the way. <laughs> just quit fucking with them. Quit get, holding them back. Yeah, if, quit, if, quit making laws and things that are aimed towards them, that hurt them, you know, like the drug wars, which Chicago fixed that pretty quick with this new guy, you know, which is pretty awesome. He, he legalized weed, set everybody free, which is going to save like $30 million a year. And now he just signed and put a cap on pharmaceutical companies, uh, a cap for insulin. So now they can only charge $100 uh, a month for insulin, and that's the cap. Which some people were paying like three thousand dollars for this shit. Um, pops before the insurance thing or whatever it was like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But he, so he's he's come in and um, he's messed with the black market of drugs with marijuana, and then you now he just shit on the pharmaceutical companies. And like I don't really know much else about him. I don't really get into the politics that much. But those two things there, like I would give him a high five for. I'm like, oh, that's pretty awesome, man. Like way to go. Like there's a lot Chicago needs done. Would rapists like, spend less time in jail than somebody for weed? Yes, we, they were. we got a problem. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, like going back and me rambling on, but going back to all that, like that social justice, like I get it to an extent. And we've also like, like I just said, we've, we've had that other end, but, um, yeah, if no one's but people, paid, people got to cool out like about that shit, like especially white people, like, listen, like these other cultures and stuff, they don't need us telling them what they should be offended by and what they shouldn't like, just stay out of we just need to quit, quit quit stepping on their foot quit stepping on their toes quit creating things that interfere with their lives and bettering themselves you know and and like so that's my whole thing about that but i don't think that guy will ever hear me talk about him so i'm not going to say his name or anything but um but that whole thing really uh really upset one of my partners but the rest of us were just kind of like yeah you know like, fuck that guy. Like, we know who we are, you know, and we've never had any complaints from the people that this guy says should be offended by it, you know. And we're also a group, like I said, a group of guys that black culture, I mean, and the thing is, is like he was saying that it was racist because it was a brown ale and we called it soul. Now, for me and, and studying the black community from afar growing up from Seymour, we didn't have many of any other race, you know, maybe the occasional Asian guy. Cause his dad, um, his parents moved into town because he was working for Ison for a few months. Yeah. Moved out. But other than that, there wasn't a whole no. lot. So everything I was seeing, I was enthralled because, you know, I was seeing it through TV and things like that. And it was a whole world that I didn't even understand, but I wanted to, like, I couldn't wait to, to get that first black friend. I want a black friend, you know, <laughs> like I was like, I want to, I want to meet all these other cultures. And so, um, but for me, like soul was always a positive thing. Yeah. 
you know, like their music, their art, uh, food, everything. Soul was that positive. So that was us using that. And I mean, soul man, we have a whole list of words that end in man that we're going to, we can use for names or whatever. And soul man was one before all that. And then we put it all together. It was like, Hey, let's, let's use this here, you know? And the ingredients of the beer have nothing to do with any stereotype. I mean, salted caramel, that has no, no one's ever said like, well, salted caramel, only black people like that. You know, like it's nothing to do with any of that race. It's just the name of the beer, uh, soul man. And we're, and so the whole back of the thing talks about, um, soul music and the positivity of soul music and things and how it makes us feel. And so it was a whole idea. Like I said, it was, it was us opening our arms and saying, Hey, like, listen, like, this is us saying we want you guys to be a part of our part of this culture, and like we need all cultures to be a part of the beer culture, or it's never going to fulfill itself. It's the same with anything. I mean, dancing. You look through dancing through all the years, like um, different different parts of the world danced differently. Different parts of the world have sang differently. They have different instruments, and when all those things come together, that's when music and dancing and all that's become the, uh, its full strength. So it's the same way with beer culture, in my opinion. So that's kind of what that is all about, you know. Yeah, and that's why I want and always want to experience this music, that music, this type of movie, that type of TV show, this type of this or whatever. I was just enthralled with anything where I could be like, "Oh, you guys do that?" Instead of and, and I mean, I like it. I mean, I like Thai food because it's right. spicy, but I'm going to try it and then see what their culture's like. Yeah, you know, and the things like that. But we're we're too busy like trying to save the planet. But we, we save ourselves. We got to clean off our own doorstep. Well, and that's the thing is like that's always the funny thing when people's like, oh, we need to save the planet. No, like you need to, we need to save ourselves. Like the planet's gonna be all right. Like the planet's been here for a long time. It's dealt with a lot of shit worse than a fucking styrofoam cup. You know, what we need to do is we need to save ourselves because for me, I, I'm somebody who I think the Earth is a living, breathing thing. And I think in any moment it can wipe us off of it if it, if it wants to. Yeah. And so it's going to be okay. Like it's been here for a really, really long time and it'll be fine. Like it may, we may destroy it and destroy ourselves a rubble, but in another hundred thousand years, it'll be fine again. Like it's not going anywhere. Like we're not going to blow it up, you know, and if it blows up, it's going to blow itself up from a huge volcano in Yellowstone, you know? So, yeah. So like open we, up the earth and suck away everything at once and then move on. Yeah. Like for us, like, you know, like this thing, this thing's had meteorites hit it and shit. Like, you know, like these styrofoam cuts shit ain't doing it. What it is doing is we're destroying ourselves and we're destroying the things we need to survive. The things earth provides for us to survive. We're destroying those things, but we're not destroying the planet. The planet's going to be fine. We got to take care of our own four walls first. We can still have a mission to help everybody, but you have to be able to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And I always talk about that, especially with mental health and, and other things. And too many times, and we have people like, well, I'm involved in X, Y, and Z. And it was like, uh, your your son's addicted to meth, right? And I know, this, right. I know that sounds extreme, but it's kind of like that way. Like, well, I'm doing all these things, but you're not paying attention to what's right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. Because you go back to the social media thing and like, I did X, Y, and Z, and I'm like, didn't your son just beat up a girl? Right. And it's, and I know that sounds extreme, but that's the world we live in. Like, I need praise over here, but like, you, we none we all like praise. We all like feeling good. Like, hey, you know, I like your beer. Hey, I like your show, BJ. You're, you know, I get it, but 
I mean, I just kind of move past that a little bit because I just do things for the joy of, you know, like when we talk, we're about to wrap up here, but like we talked a few, uh, I don't know when it was. You're like, what do you, what do you want me to have on? I'm like, I just want to have conversations with people. Yeah. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm not going to tell a dick joke or whatever it is. Well, you know, if it, if it, if it works, it'll work, yeah, right? There, there's always a time for one, but it's just gonna be a time. <laughs> it's usually a short one. Yeah. Hey, here it is. Um, <laughs> But I just like talk. I just like having talking to people and like having a normal conversation. And someone be like, "Yeah, I get what they're. I okay, I get what they're saying." Or like, "Nah, they're wrong." You know, like you know, BJ, you said something about who buys all the music, and, what, and, and that's fine. That's debatable because those, those are facts we can pull up. And so, but I just like having a good time because at times I find myself being more and more. Uh, well, hell, I sent you. I sent you my poem. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you didn't say, "Are you dying?" That's what AP said. <laughs> no, AP goes, "I get it." Are you dying? I was like, "No." He's like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "No, I'm good." Because AP is a very positive. Per- I'm a positive person too, but you get that dark place and like it's real creative. And he's like, "Bro, uh, let's not <laughs> let's not do that." Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, but and that's what I enjoy doing. And and but but I'm, I've become some someone of a recluse. I can spend time in the studio and I'm around comedians and other artists and things like that. But like when I walk out of this room, it's like I shut myself down to everything else out around me besides my job and my, my wife and my kids and my mom and certain people. But other than that, everybody else is gone. Mm-hmm. Like my texts are like, oh, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Okay. And I'm like, and I find myself like, like I don't, we don't have the energy to try to make everybody important in our life. And I feel like we try to do that. Instead, we need to draw it back and then, you know, spend more time with the people around you who, who like, you know, your wife or your kids and, and certain close people. But I still feel like we're trying to wrap ourselves in a blanket around everybody. Well, and I think a lot of that too, as, I mean, as people, we, we need to feel important and we need everybody to make us feel important. So like, um, I think, like you said, we, we need to focus on the smaller groups of people or whatever, but I think we also need to not expect so much out of people. I think that we have to understand that, you know, there's friends that are really close to and stuff, but you know, you you each have your own life and things are happening and um, we're not kids anymore. You know, we're not hanging out every night and things like that, but that doesn't mean that like the love's gone. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not still important to that person. And so I think um, I think a lot of it too is that we just we need to um, stop expecting so much out of people and expecting um, and needing so much from people instead of like you said take care of yourself first and then um, that helps out a lot. We never remember the successes of how people helped us. We only remember the times that we don't. Yeah. And that's me being a pessimist. And people are like, no, no, I remember when people helped me out. And I'm like, Mike. I don't know. Well, sometimes help isn't as, um, because like, you know, when you're, you're in, you're on the bottom, like any sort of help or whatever is big deal, but the small little, um, kind things or the small things that like might get you through the day or whatever, um, may come at a time where you're not down in the dumps, but it's something that still kind of helped you. So it doesn't stick out as much as the time where things are going well. And then what this person does something and it's, it just, it hammers home to where it puts you in a low spot. Those stick out a lot more, yep. you know? I said this the other day. I said, um, I was talking to somebody. It's like, because in my management, when I'm training people, I'm like, it's never the big things that kill you. Because we always know that's going to happen. Right. 
store catches on fire we know it happens right we know what we have to do but i go it's the little things that's going to poke a hole and then that little hole is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and i was like it's also the little things with people it's never the big things you can buy them a brand new car brand new house that's great but start small and work your way up we're always quick to say hey i cheat on you here's an apple uh, apple watch five or right. whatever it is instead of being like hey i cheat on you let's talk about this figure out what's going on or or hey hey babe how's your day and simple as that how's your day and then actually listening to them and stuff like that i think a lot of part in relationships we skip the little we just want to go to the big oh yeah absolutely and, and that's why i've been focusing on it is always the little things like hey how you doing or hey what's up or something like that instead of being like hey you got tickets to the juvenile reunion tour you want to go you know yeah i don't know if that's a big thing to me yeah. or not <laughs> right. but yeah i think uh muhammad ali said something along those lines too um about climbing a mountain it's not the climb that wears you out it's the pebbles the small pebbles in your shoes yep. or whatever yeah he did say something like that it's something along those lines to where like yeah it's you know it's not it's not the the overall goal and things like that it's those small things that affect you positively or negatively you know i was in another thing i was taught in management um i used to throw like a um, a tissue down a clean one not a dirty one and then i would see who would walk by and pick it up through the staff just to see and you know it always interests to see who would walk through the door and even customers that would pick it up it would be it, you know it's a good thing They're like well why'd you do that it was like because it's the little thing because think about it if that one fell down then another one how many people would keep walking by before they would pick it up right. and then it's just it's just a small little thing to look at and think about and like wow and because how many times you walk by something you're like yeah it's not my mess right and that's where i try to teach the boys and like like you know you realize your mom and your dad works and you get off the bus at four o'clock and you're up until 10 o'clock do something yeah without being told so like today they took the trash <laughs> i didn't notice him through my bottle in there and i was like that sounded weird. <laughs> I was like, yeah, part A was done, part B. Mm. Now, and, it, and it's weird. It's like I got good kids. They're functioning kids, and and they're and they're flawed, and that's why I love them. Yeah. Because I don't want perfect kids. It's not a perfect world. Because I have perfect kids, I just start hitting them. Like, you saw well, me perfect. Yeah, I mean, but that's there's something wrong with that, you know? Like, there's something right about being flawed. There's something wrong about being perfect, you know? And so, yeah, like my kids, uh, my daughter's really uh, – she's really mature and like wants to have responsibilities and like she's just she's the most caring and kindest person i've ever known and um so it's like those things too I'm just like so like when she does something nice if she opens a door for somebody or like just she'll just we will be walking through a store and she'll just be like hi i like your shirt you know and people are like oh thanks like it just throws them off and i always praise her for stuff like that because i'm not like that like I walk past you and I'll say a word to you. I'm like, headphones in. Yeah, like sunglasses I, on, even though I don't like wearing them inside, but just to right. let you know that like Yeah. But like I don't want her to I want her to be a better version of me. So the things I do like about myself, like um I'm always polite to people. Like even if people mess up or do something wrong, like um in like restaurants, things like that, I'm still always really, really respectful and really kind and understanding about it. And so, like, those things I'm always trying to push on to her, but she is very friendly and she likes people. So I don't want to, like, suck that out of her either. You know, like, I want her to have those qualities, but I also want her to have these qualities I'm teaching her also, you know? Like, yeah. And so, 
um, things like that really make me happy. So I always try, I always praise her for those kind of things, you know, like if she brings or does something well, like on a school test or whatever, it's like, awesome. Like high five, like good work. But like, you know, like if she, um, there was one, one time where in preschool there, they went to, um, took a pack, packed their lunch and they went on a, on a, um, field trip and they went to the, an orchard or whatever. And there was a boy in her class. And like, I don't know if like, he just didn't, his family didn't have money or they just forgot to give him a lunch, but he didn't have any lunch. And my daughter noticed that and immediately without anyone asking, anyone saying like split everything of hers and gave it to him. And so the teacher told us about that. So like I found out and I immediately went and picked her up and her and I went on a date, you know, I took her out to eat and had ice cream, like just fucking killed it, you know? Yeah. And so, because I, I don't, because those kind of things for me will always take her further. You know, when you, um, when you're willing to, because there's a, there's an epidemic with humanity and it's always been this way that we have to be special. And that's where, I mean, politics come into play. Religion's a big play. We have to have some sort of separation from the neighbor. We have to be better. I have to, there's something I have to do to make me feel better than this person. Like I'm, I, I gotta be better than this guy. Like, oh, I've got a job. He doesn't have a job. Fuck him. You know, like we always find these small things to try to say we're better. Like, we yeah, need he's this. fat. He's yeah. bald. Like we need to be better. Like, yeah. And um, so we search for those type of things in different things. And whether it's uh, political policies or uh, religion, religion's a big thing where people uh, so terrified that they, they got to find that religion that makes them feel like they have a worth and that they're special. And um, I think that being able to find yourself as no better, no greater, no worse than anybody. And just, you know, finding that way of um, feeling good about just knowing that you're doing something positive for people instead of just always trying to be positive for yourself, you know? I, you know, I think, I think it gives back. And then and, and, and I was talking to uh, Doug Arnold, who's a comedian. He grew up in the sixties and, so you moved up to Kokomo area, um, Delphi, I think it's Delphi. Delphi. Yeah. Like how nice everybody's like, I got a tool and I'm like, I don't talk to my neighbors. Yeah. Not because I don't like them. It's just, there's, I don't, if someone's in the strain on the side of the road in front of my, yeah, I'm going to help them. But I'm like, it's weird. It's like how things have changed. And, and I'm real cool out in public. Like I'm real respectful. Yes, ma'am. No man, open yeah. doors. Unless you're buying lottery. Then I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. Well, you can wait oh man yeah and then other than that it's just like i don't really get upset like i get upset when professionalism is not used if you make a mistake but you're so professional at your job then i don't really care yeah like they're like oh i i'm sorry i forgot your like we went to this, this comic show and they forgot our drinks they forgot this they forgot you know mess with stuff i didn't I'm like hey can i get those coats she's like oh i'm so sorry i was like hey you guys are busy yeah, this is a packed cool. house yeah like I, I was like, uh, I, I, I go, I could use the exercise. Look at me, made a joke, and <laughs> yeah. she brought me an extra coke later. Yeah, just because she knew that, like, man, it, just I didn't do that to get some extra. I just want to yeah. let her know, like, it's cool. Like I'm not going to be the asshole tonight. Like right. I know you're going to have somebody here, and uh, and and I think and I think that's where the problem is. And I get more upset. I yelled at someone the other day um, for acting a fool to a cashier or something. I was like, dude, won't you shut the fuck up? Oh yeah, I've done that a lot. He goes, "What?" I go, "Dude, the machine screwed up, not her. She didn't make this machine, nor she a tech on the machine. The owner, her, is that going to make it any better? Does that make you feel better? Do you want me to yell at you? 
and he go and he was just like well i don't have time for this i'm like well, what do you have to do yeah like what is that important are, are you taking a space flight like are you doing yeah. that are, are you in yeah. charge of the impeachment trial you, like what do you got you've got you got your uh your because obviously if you don't have time and you're running late now that's still on you because you didn't leave the house early enough well, lack, to take care of your errands and to get where you're going yeah, lack of preparation on your part does not constitute a sense of urgency on my part trent dixon yeah <laughs> Yeah, I've I've done that a lot, and like that's that's the thing too. Like a lot of people, there'll be times where I actually like do get like mad, and people like are just thrown back by like Jesus Christ, you know, like, and um, yeah, I did that to a guy uh, not too long ago at a Lowe's, and I mean he had this seventeen, eighteen year old cashier, and then he's just running off these uh, these dirty jokes like to her for no reason, like she didn't ask for a joke. You know, and he's just one of those loud mouth, like he's got to talk, you know, and he thinks he's funny. And like, and it's obvious on her face that she's just really uncomfortable, you know, and he just keeps going. And then I finally, I was just like, hey, man, like, um, you want to apologize to her? And he was like, for what? And I was like, you've kind of been, you've just been running off like dick jokes and stuff to an, like a 17, 18 year old girl. I was like, you're like a 50 year old man. What are you doing? <laughs> And he was just like, and then he just starts to talk back, and then I finally blow up. And I was like, I will beat your skull into this fucking counter. <laughs> Say sorry to her. Like, you're a pig. You know, like, it's, and now, like, I'm going to come after you, and she's going to immediately think I'm just like you. Like, fuck you. Tell her sorry, you know, because you're, you're a fucking asshole. Like, there's no call for that. And then he doesn't say sorry. And I, I and so I apologize to her. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm sorry about that. Like, you don't need to deal with shit like that. And then, of course, I go out in the, out in the parking lot and he's waiting out there so he wants to start he starts running his mouth or whatever and i said stay right here and so like i walked to my truck i put all the stuff in because i might work you know i'm working so i just had to stop in there to get some equipment stuff and so like i put everything in the truck and i come back to him i was like and like took my jacket off like i was ready like if this scumbag wanted to do it like i had i've been waiting i've got some shit built up you know i'm waiting to put it on somebody's head and this guy would be perfect and so I come back to him and then he starts to see like I'm not that small of a person, you know. So, and then he starts to be like, well, why did you have to say that to me? And then it's automatically, Your he's fault. a victim and yeah. it's my fault, you know. And it's and that's when I blow up even more, you know. And then finally his wife comes and gets him. And, you know, this is like stuff like that. Like, like I, ma'am, watch out. You pro- I think he wants to fuck underage girls. Yeah. I was like, he's like, and that's why I told her, like, he's why he's like, you don't have to, I don't know why you're trying to fight my husband. I was like, first of all, he came up to me. I'm going to my truck. And I was like, second of all, he's in there. When you're out here, he's in there uh, saying, like, just out of, I mean, like, and like I said, I like dark humor and I like dirty jokes. There's a place for it. Yeah. And this young lady, this girl did not ask for that. Like, that's not her world. It's like going to McDonald's with a future. you be like, you know how I like my buns? Yeah. It's just like stuff like that. It's Wait, like, what? yeah. Like, if, like, and the thing is, is one of the things he said was, kind of funny you know but like i'm just i just keep looking at this girl's face the whole time and like she's obviously like it's like man what like, magic you from, just shit on her fucking day you know imagine like, she's from a religious family yeah like sheltered. this is her first day yeah first day straight a student <laughs> yeah and this pig just you know so, it's uh, like, and because uh, for me too i'm automatically looking at her and i see my daughter 
Yeah. And I'd be like, man, I will cut this guy's throat. Like, if that was my daughter, you know. How's it feel to be around all this wood? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, just like. Oh, it's a great smell. It's a, yeah. So you like the smell of it? You're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're at a bar with, you know, she has a tattoo on her breast and she hits on you, have at it. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, if you flirt with flirt with a waitress at a strip club, if she flirts back. Absolutely. Have at it. So you're in a you're a, you're at Lowe's. Yeah. <laughs> you're checking yeah. out Lowe's. The girl from Cathedral High, uh, fucking high school down yeah. to your first job. Yeah, like first you know, day excited, you know, saving money up to go to college. Yeah, she just got you know, she has her little Honda Civic out there with <laughs> says God first, and you're talking about like trying <laughs> yeah. to, jeez, many Christmas. Yeah. No, those things drive me insane. And I'm socially awkward as it is, and and that's and and I told this story. I was on Dyke uh, McMichael's podcast, um, Brunch Harder. Funny, it's a funny show. Check it out. He's a hell of a cook, by the way. I told the story about how I have. I'll show it to you. So, um, so I um, my card. Oh, okay. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. I used <laughs> I used it at a gas station. Or blew the person's <laughs> mind. You know, it wasn't, and I thought she was messing with me. So right away, I'm like, because my debit card has it's ripped now, and start it's starting to fail when you plug yeah. it in. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll use my phone. She's like, uh, you gonna insert your card? I was like, no, I went ahead and paid. She's like, well, you didn't put a card in. I was like, what? I was like, I used my phone. She's like, well, did you swipe it? I was like, swipe my phone. Like made me feel made me feel yeah. stupid. She flipped the table on you. Like I was like, no, no, no. And I was like, look, and I and I did one of these things, and you have to stick it to your face for the face ID. I was like, look, it says holding your reader. She's like, what's a reader? And I was like, well, that's a card reader. She's like, I know. That's why I asked you if you swiped it. And then now, have two, a nice day. Two, like, two, know, like, no, she hasn't hit the credit card button yet. <laughs> I'm stuck. So then two more people walk up. They're like, oh, you can use your phone. And the lady behind the the lady behind her sweet lady. She gets credit, but she's amazed. She's like, and I was like, well, yeah, I was like, this happened a few weeks ago. I forgot, I left my wallet at home, but I had my phone, and now I, I was able to purchase some items. She's like, that's so cool. Is that your bank card? I was like, well, you can actually have up to think three or four cards on there. You can have your bank card. You can have your uh, credit card, whatever card that you want. She goes, huh, I'll be damned. <laughs> And I was like, I'll be damn it is. Yeah, I'll be damn Have a great day, lady. It, I go in there all the time, so she knows who I am. Yeah. But she's never seen me do it. And I feel, and I think today I did it today at the uh, Village Pantry. I live in Greenwood. Um, I live, this one's right over there, Madison Avenue. It's The Village Pantry is a lot of I go to don't have gas because they're less busy. Mm-hmm. So I used it, and the dude looked at me like, Like, like I was pretentious. Right. Like, I don't think he understands is like the worst feeling in the world is go ahead and put it in your card. Right. Hang on. Let me reset it up. Like wipe it on your shirt. And, stuff. <laughs> and they're like, all right, go ahead and swipe it. I'm like, if I could swipe it, why can I not swipe it? And why do I have to insert it? Right. So I swipe it. And they're like, all right, go ahead and insert. This happened the other night. It took 15 minutes. And I was just like, so I use my phone to Village Pantry. Verifone is a, a shitty credit card company. Uh, they who make it. So uh, we work with them in two, three other jobs. I've worked in retail a while. I'm like. They always suck. The other day, they froze during the middle of the transaction. So it had one pending charge, and then it charged, and I was like, whatever. It was like 12 bucks, but so I don't know. That's me. And if I go on, like, so me and AP went out to the record release party. We sit in the very back, and um, shout out to Repo Records Ryan for um, going there. But we sat in the back and just made fun of people the whole time, like, together. And then that was us. We are like, almost like. 
like the old guys and uh but it was a blow because but that's me because i don't i don't dance yeah i don't well i aaron was drinking ap drinks it we know that but i don't drink so i'm like a i'm a stone cold sober person in a bar with everybody like wooing it up yeah i don't know what to do yeah what do i do with my hands john well, i don't know what to do with my hands well that's the thing too like i i i'm a big people watcher and like my wife is very interactive so like we'll go to weddings and stuff she's like oh let's go dance i'm like hey babe we've been together for 15 years like you know that i don't dance anymore you've heard all the stories i was i i'd, I'd cut a rug in the day you know but like now i just don't do it unless my daughter if my daughter wants to get down i'll, I'll, I'll dance with her i'm afraid of getting injured because i'm injury prone yeah. i already have two bad knees <laughs> right like out there trying to move and then yeah. all of a sudden you tear an acl yeah well too like i I just, but there's, there's, a, I, I enjoy, cause there's a lot of things that people really find joy in that I just don't understand, but I like watching them enjoy it, Yeah, you know? And so like, I'm not one of those people like, this is stupid. Like, I'll just sit back and be like, okay, well this person obviously loves this. So I just want to sit here and watch them enjoy it. You know, like, um, so like, that's just, I, when it comes to like, um, weddings and like uh bars and stuff like a lot of times especially loud places because i don't like yelling and uh, like, i, I like... can't really hear so i just stay quiet and people are like you're not having fun or well, i'm having a blast but i just can't hear shit <laughs> and I'm... I'm not gonna have a conversation in this situation you know i don't like i don't like loud music i don't like loud places i know that sounds really bad um but that that is not i'm gonna try to get to see if i can get this pulled up here all right so i'll pull this up don't get stuck in the middle this is the only thing i don't like about the split screen I can, ap was a master of it and i struggle with it i was trying to get everything over to one side um i have no idea what just happened there but like i took photos and like dyke finally made me feel better because i wasn't getting comments back mm -hmm. and dyke was like dude i didn't i didn't understand it and i was like oh like I, he didn't understand like the context of it because I have certain friends I could send things to and they just understand the concept of it. Yeah. So that's we're sitting at the back of the bar. What stands out in that picture? The guy's hat. That's right. Yeah, you sent that to me. I, I responded yeah. back with uh, that guy fucks harder than I do. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot <laughs> you're you're part of the shenanigans because I I've, I have a group of people I send things to, and then this guy right here. Brought his own can koozie. Yeah, well. And then, <laughs> and then, like, he had, like, five girls around him, five women. I don't want to say girls, five women, right? And I had no idea. I kept trying to play, which one's his girlfriend, right? That's what right. I kept saying oh, yeah. all night. So there's the, that's what they played behind us. It was a movie. So, nice. not like, a 1950s, 60s surfer movie. Oh yeah. So it just kept going on behind us, and people were staring at us. It looked like, but they were watching that movie. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> and then this is the greatest white privilege moment ever, right here. I got. I caught him right in mid selfie. Oh, nice. See the light? Yeah. This guy over here with his fucking koozie. Yeah, that was that was. Place was rocking though. Then somebody else wanted a closer picture of him. Oh, so he's kind of Mennonite-ish. I like. Yeah. It. So I, I walked right up, stepped a picture, right? <laughs> just walk back, sit down. Yeah. At that moment. Better uh, style than me. At that moment, oh, I've been known to get some amazing photos where I look like I'm doing something else. And it is creepy. I am creepy. I don't do anything inappropriate with women. 
It's more funny. Ha ha. I've never, I won't disrespect anybody. I've sent a butt crack to AP only and said, is this a man or a woman? I played that game with him. So, and then I took the, yeah. <laughs> see, that's, that's harmless. Yeah. She was kind of pretty though. She was a pretty one. I thought, well, maybe he's with her. And then like the other ones that looked like, I was like, maybe he's with him. I couldn't tell. Well, it just looks like he got dragged out here. I and think he's, so. He's just going to go hard if this is what he's got to do. You know? uh, that's what Dyke made. Oh, wow. Yeah. Homemade donuts. Oh, man. And then he made this. That's a donut sandwich. Yeah. Shout out to Dyke. Yeah, I've had some donut sandwiches. There's the full day. platter. I had a terrific donut ice cream sandwich recently. It's two donuts with this specialty ice cream that comes in like a square. It's like this certain texture. And they put it in between uh, two donuts, glazed donuts. And then they put like um, caramel or chocolate or whatever you want on it, hot fudge. It's pretty amazing. Oh, my gosh. Look at that food. It's crazy. So we're (laughs) – I just like he's a creepy person. (laughs) Yep, there it is. I sent it to somebody somewhere right there, Ari Shafir. Oh, yeah. I I read it, and I was just like – I just spent I spent the next two days because he started he started posting more well just like his own comedy and stuff just to get Pete and would let the comments go so I'm just scrolling through the comments and all the death threats and stuff I was hacked yeah it's another joke because that's what people say when things go wrong that's what I I was just like oh that's some weird people not really these guys are funny comedians Um, I just think it's funny when they take a picture and post it like this guy's right back here You're always there, always there. So um, here, real fast, where can uh, where can where? Wow, we went an hour and a half. Like I didn't even realize it. Yeah, I was like always keeping my an hour. That was a good time. Yeah, I always uh, seem you, to. We talk gotta get you, guys you out of the house. We we gotta get you out of the house with me and AP, even though we would just sit in the back of the room the whole hey, fucking time. Like I said, I'm the same. I'll drink though. AP and I can drink together. And I don't I, drink as I don't drink as much like I used. That's to, why he, that's why he bought me a burger afterwards. He's like, man, you know. <laughs> dd baby <laughs> dd dd get this hamburger from kumas i ate that in the whole cheeseburger or ate that i ate the. i just got the regular kuma because i'm gonna try i just want to taste it without all the stuff on it right. good meat and then i ate the whole macaroni and cheese yeah and then the waiter's like fuck because <laughs> everybody else you see just carrying boxes out right not this guy not this guy i wasn't gonna take you're not that a quitter you're dude, not a half-asser dude they would have ate it at home right yeah, but and you know they, they the cut their burger, savages I have at home. They cut their burgers in half, and I'm like, "Fuck this, man! Look at these hands." Yeah, yeah. So just I was, stab it and eat it off the knife. We need to see to go to Kumas one night. Yeah, just sit there and just—I mean, because you wear sweat. Somebody had on uh, pajama pants in there. Yeah, and I was okay with. It. I'm like, dude, this place. Anybody can come in this place. They do not care. No. Nah. Well, that's uh, one of the things uh, I used to rock. I mean, when I say rock, I mean like rock the uh, old. Uh, corduroy uh house slippers with the red flannel inside yeah. color inside the uh minister society slippers and so like i would rock them out to the bars in bloomington i would do all that and when i met my wife i was i, I was rocking those everywhere you know because i really just didn't care what people thought of me you can wear basketball shorts and some house slippers and a t-shirt to the bar i'm there to get you know fucked up i'm not there to yeah. impress anybody and so but she ended up making me throw them out as when we started to get serious, because they did, they, they smelled the high hell. And like you could put them in like a warehouse and you could smell them. Like it was bad, you know. And uh, recently I found me a pair and um, in Target. And uh, every time I go to Target to get something or whatever, I always kind of walk by them and stare at them. And 
contemplate whether I should show up at home with a pair. So I think I'm going to get, I think I'm going to finally, I'm going to buy a pair for the summer. I have a pair next to my bed, brand new in the box and I'm, that I wait. So it's like, you got those Christmas two years ago and it's like, there'll be a time. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> cause I still, cause I have a pair of shoes I wear with no socks. Right. right? That's my go-to. I slip them on yeah. and then they smell awful. Yeah. And then because those other ones, once you get into those house slippers, you sweat like a oh, yeah. ungodly. So, all right, give out where, uh, where you go, what you do real fast. We know you're with L man. We love the beer. It br- Seymour came out in Seymour, which was awesome. Home. Yeah, it did. Yeah, Seymour's been um, been great. Like I, I kind of thought that I, we would do, like you know, we do all right. I got I still got enough people that live there and stuff. But man, um, I think in like the first month or whatever, just in Seymour, I think we sold like twenty seven or twenty eight cases of beer or something just in Seymour in like a month. You know, so I mean that that's that's pretty crazy. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, you can. Uh, we're starting to expand now into Indiana. We have our second shipment that's in now. Um, so a lot of places that's been carrying us, and especially in Seymour, Northside Vicks still has us. Rail still has us on tap. Uh, Pizza King will always have us on tap. And um, uh, I'm sure there's going to – some other people are going to start reaching out now. Uh, in the beer business, a lot of people kind of sway away from the uh, the uncool kids. And then once you kind of get invited in and sit at the cool table um, – then people start taking a chance on you, which I understand. I mean, it's, it's a tough, it's a very crowded business. And so, um, taking a chance on people can be very risky, especially if you're a smaller, smaller, um, um, restaurant or smaller, uh, liquor store. So, um, but yeah, you can get us pretty much in most of Southern Indiana and we're working on expanded at Bloomington. We're about to do a, uh, in talks of doing a tap takeover at the tap in Bloomington, February, uh, 6th. There'll be live music and stuff, and they're going to have five beers on tap. Um, There'll be uh, two beers that will only be there. They won't be anywhere else. And then in March, we have another takeover at a place called Hoppy Wobble in Bloomington, Westside. It's a great shotgun craft bar owned by this really just chill young guy. Um, Just looks like, like an old like fish roadie. You know, oh, wow. but, but he's like 25, 26, and this is his bar. He works it every day. He's the only employee, like runs it. Like it's really impressive. And uh, so we're going to have um, have one there too. And then um, after that, I mean, I, I'm hoping by by this summer we'll start really working into Indianapolis. And um, I mean, we're doing so well in the southern part. I like to try to get that um, established first. And then um, we have some festivals coming up. Uh, I'm working on – you got you know the 450 brewing guys right? yeah absolutely all right so they listen so maybe if they hear I this, got their uh fruity nuggets up here yeah uh so if you guys are listening i'd really like to be a part of that corn maze um festival if you guys would have us so i sent an email to somebody at that company i don't know if they got it well and then we're friends with uh aaron harden yeah aaron aaron yep. and i uh started to become um i'm acquaintances we talk now on uh social media just about like, yeah he was in. he was the uh, uh uh former sponsor on spunk guys yeah okay and so um yeah and, and then we're doing the festival uh their festival at the story inn yep from the uh hops and harvest and then we'll be doing the seymour festival the um Soak up the suds, I think is what it's called. I, I haven't been to that one. Though. I think last year or maybe two years ago was the first one. It's still fairly new. So we'll be part of that. And then uh, 
I don't know if I'm allowed to say this yet or not, but I mean, if, if whatever, but, um, it looks like we will be one of the breweries in the, um, beer garden at the Oktoberfest this year too. Oh, wow. Which is really awesome. Um, I spent a lot of nights there when I was younger. I did. <laughs> you know, so, I did so too, it's yeah. pretty cool to like be a part of that. I was always looking for the freshman 15. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got that going on in Indiana and then, um, uh, if you're into trading cards, I do a page on Facebook called uh, Raging Card On, where I do a lot of razzes and um, live breaks and stuff like that. Um, I've kind of cooled out on it recently. I just I've been so busy that I'm able to do as much as I'd like to. That'll end up changing. I'm working on building a um, studio in my house, um, getting everything cleared out. I'm about to add a wall. And then um, gotta get some HVAC running into it and things like that. And then um, gotta have my own studio in there for doing live breaks and stuff like that. And then um, uh, that's—I think that's about it. I, I do a lot of stuff, but those are the only things that really are cool. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, for most part, yeah. I try to stay busy. If not, then I I get in trouble. You know? Yeah. Yeah. shit keeps me level yeah uh yep so i do nothing but podcast so well thanks for joining me yeah man thanks for having me um it's always a glorious time i love hanging out with you i yeah. get to uh ditto i get to have a good time and then if i drink i would drink element just let you know that yeah, i know i know you would uh not that other <laughs> bullshit <laughs> and so like i said is uh check him out um obviously anytime he does a break we always we share no fiber media because he is a part of our family uh because he's just one of the original guests that one of the very first guests we had yeah and then uh and then it was just something to start a relationship that was really cool and then um it's something that like even if you didn't really know somebody growing up and then you can reconnect and actually have a good relationship so i think that's on um on the next dr phil we'll let yeah. him cover that one so till next till next week kids